Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 585. If you'd like to have a copy of this program, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage and handling. I've got uh, very strong messages for you tonight. Uh, one that the Lord told me to bring to you, so be careful not to miss it. I've got uh, music and letters, and right now let's go to the throne of the Lord and ask him to anoint this program. Father, anoint the program as you always do. Uh, let people know that you are alive. Cut deeply into their hearts, into their spirits, their soul, and their minds, that the Word of God will be written on their minds so that they'll no longer be double-minded because there's no need to be double-minded because your Word is straight, it's true, and it uh, is the right way to think. And so, therefore, we need to put your... Uh, word, which is the only way to think, into our brain, because anything else other than that is satanic and total confusion, and confusion is of the devil. Lord, I ask that you anoint every song, every testimony, and that you anoint the message and the expounding of your word, that the souls in the listening audience will be saved, and that the people in the church will stop being puffed up and stop exalting themselves rather than coming to the person that uh, you have given all this spiritual knowledge to and for them to stop making it look as though they're the ones getting it from the Lord rather than uh, the getting it from me, uh, the one who's really getting it from the Lord. Lord, because the people in the churches need to know that there's a true pastor in this world and that there's uh, that I'm not a false prophet like the rest of them. Lord, say these things, do these things through me, uh, talk through me, that souls will be saved in the church, strengthened in Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, uh, I know you don't forget, but you don't want me to forget either to re- ask you to rebuke Satan and because I'm asking because you do it when I ask, and I don't want to stop asking. Rebuke Satan and every satanic force, Lord, those that won't receive what you are and uh, what you say. Lord, do something with them so that they no longer are offending you by offending us. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone says amen. 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 So praise the Lord. Yeah, I was just talking to a person today on the phone from our Los Angeles church uh, that uh, was about ready to fall away. And I want to let everybody know that uh, uh, I write uh, the things that the Lord gives me, and that's the highest level of Christianity that you could get. There's nothing higher than when the Lord is speaking. And there's people in the different churches, uh, people uh, come to the church, and sometimes they get very disappointed because uh, they read the literature and they listen to my uh, tapes and they, they just say they think that they're going to receive the same level of intelligence, uh, spiritual intelligence, when they go to the church, and it's not there. And, but uh, the, uh, because the, pe- and the people in the church uh, fail to bring 
baby Christians with uh, questions that uh, the people in the church don't understand. And the one that I was talking to on the phone today said, these people are not on your level. Uh, you're much higher, and I understand everything that you're saying. And uh, she broke out into laughter a few times because she said, it's so beautiful to hear the wisdom of the Lord, and it makes me happy, and that's why I laugh. But anyway, there's, um, there's a long black train, and there's the devil's train. And uh, Josh Turner is the one that sings the long black train, and he stated he got the idea for writing it from the uh, one that Hank Williams sings called The Devil's Train. And so there's a devil's train is just constantly chugging down this uh, actual road uh, uh, where it's just nothing but tears. And the words, uh, sometimes you can't hear them so good on the devil's train, is the devil's train is long and black. It rides on rails of tears. It's headed for destruction now with a drunken engineer. Oh, see the greatness of the crowd that waits uh, beside the train, or in other words, that waits to get on board. They're leaving on that devil's train and never coming back. And the chorus is, Oh, Lord, please stop that devil's train before it is too late and teach them how to bow their heads before they seal their fate. The devil's train will take you to a land of groans and pain. You'll spend your days uh, in sorrow if you ride that devil's train. Oh, listen to that whistle scream like echoes from uh, out of hell. But it says, from the blue, the throttles wide and spouting steam. She's on her way to doom. I would have said to hell. Uh, of course, the devil's train is long and black. It's beautiful to see. If it offers you temptation, but it brings you misery. So come and ride the glorious train where happiness is found. It's on its way to heaven now to spend eternity. And that'll be the last song we're playing on the program today. But as Josh Turner said, that he got uh, this long black train uh, from... He was inspired by this, the Devil's Train, which was years later. Well, anyway, here's Josh Turner to sing Long Black Train. Brother, for that long black train. 
the heavens, you can look to the sky. You can find redemption staring back into your eyes. There is protection and there's peace the same. Burn in your ticket for that long black train. Cause there's victory in the Lord, I say. Victory. say that the devil tripped you up and didn't uh, tell that story before the Lord at the uh, judgment bar of God, uh, but the Bible, you have to go according to what the Bible says, and the reason that people get on that long black train, or the devil's train, is because they're not reading the word of God. The word of God tells us because if God will not pardon the natural branches, there's a lot of people that, the Lord says that my father is the farmer, the husbandman, and uh, I am the branch, uh, the vine. 
and that you people are the branches. And if you don't do what I tell you to do, the Father will come and pluck you off of me, the vine, and cast you into a fire. This is the words of Jesus. So, because, and if you don't believe them, because if God will not pardon the natural branches, people that walk in the flesh, people that go into just, uh, they're just uh, living a natural life, uh, same as they did before they said they were saved. If God will not uh, pardon them, well, then you also will not be pardoned because if you call yourself a Christian and uh, you're walking according, you start going back into the natural way that you lived before you became a Christian, God will not pardon you. Okay, so that uh, takes away exactly the exact opposite of these false preachers that teach that uh, you uh, are once saved, you're always saved. When uh, I was looking at... uh, the churches from my natural brain i could see all the churches were goofing up they were doing things that even i wouldn't do uh and so therefore i didn't believe that there were any such thing as real christians and i didn't want to ever be called a christian because i saw that they were all a bunch of phonies and i still see it today but i saw it and i believe that most unbelievers know that the people that are calling themselves Christians are not Christians. They're uh, phonies. And I was never, uh, I never thought of myself as a prophet. That was a nightmare to me. My father wasn't a prophet, and he wasn't a godly man. My mother wasn't. None of my brothers were. Or there isn't anybody in my whole family that was godly at all, not whatsoever. But one time in Beverly Hills, uh, the Lord spoke to me right in the middle of a business meeting and shut my ears off and talked to my soul. And this is where I became aware that uh, God really existed, but I didn't really fear him because everybody said that he's just a God of love. And so I started debating with him. I said, well, Lord, let me call the people. He says, stand up in this room and tell the people in this room about the Lord Jesus Christ and that he's coming back to earth again, or thou shalt surely die. Well, I never, ever wanted to say the name Jesus. As a matter of fact, I was attempting to get a crew of people to go and pull down the cross, across from the Hollywood Bowl. It's up on a hill where you can see it. And I thought these rotten Gentiles, they just keep putting crosses over everything. It isn't bad enough that we have to die one of these days. But they gotta keep reminding you of it by putting crosses in front of your face and all these uh, emblems and all that. And I didn't want to see it because uh, uh, I'd go into Hollywood for a good time. I'd live there and I'd be out in the valley and I'd be coming back at nighttime and this cross would be lit up and I just wanted to pull it down. After I became a Christian, I used to hike up there and be very upset when I see a lot of the light bulbs in there being busted out by target practice people. And I, and Susie reminded me that I uh, would do the same thing before I was a Christian. But I hated anything that had to do with Christianity. I saw these poor, miserable wretches on the streets ringing little bells, 
begging for money, holding out tambourines, singing, put a penny in the pot and save a soul, or put a dollar in the pot or whatever you got and save a soul. And that just irritated me because I figured, what is this God? Is he the God of the beggars? Why doesn't he, if he's such a big God, give money to his uh, people? And then I found out later on in the Bible that the Lord commands that the people that are of the Lord to give money so that uh, the Christians are not disgraced and that God's name is not disgraced like that because people automatically believe that he is a God uh, of the beggars. This isn't true. If uh, people bring all the finances into the house of God, then God will not be uh, uh, disgraced as he is today. The people are giving to these big satanic works that feign Christianity, but they never give anything to the people that are really of the Lord. But God takes care of us, and we send out many Bibles and uh, all the literature, and we feed, clothe, and house people. As a matter of fact, we have a lot of houses and everything that people live in. But I was never a prophet, you know, and... uh, So after the time that the Lord spoke to me in the office, and I was the last person that everybody thought would ever be saved, I started, I set out to see. I didn't know what God wanted me to do. I was like, um, totally, I knew that God existed now, but that didn't mean uh, that I knew what to do. And I thought that the Bible was so... Uh, plentiful that certainly the word of God couldn't be in there because nobody is doing anything that the Bible says. So I started going to bookstores. I started going to different churches and trying to find out what God wanted me to know. And all they were talking about is how you can get along with your wife and how you can, uh, how you're supposed to treat animals and how you should say, do things. And I never saw anybody in the churches doing them. And so, My consensus of Christians was amplified even more than it was before I had the experience with the Lord. And then in my own room, I saw visions of hell, and then I was screaming my head off because I knew I was seeing the real thing. And then I would see a vision of heaven, and it was so peaceful that I prayed to the Lord to let me... um, And I'm not saying these things to entertain you because to me, I never liked people at all. All right? And I see things from them today that I don't like either. But I'm saying these things because they really happened. I'm not uh, saying anything to try to entertain you. I wouldn't do this for love or money. I own a Beatles album that's worth probably... A hundred million dollars, and I've never sold it, and I still could. People offer big money for it, but I won't sell it. And so I I just want people to know that I'm not in the ministry for love, and I'm not in the ministry for money. Now, what you call love is one thing, but what God calls love is another thing. Love is the keeping of God's commandments, and I do keep his commandments, and I don't care... Uh, you know, really that much what people say about me because they said the same things about Jesus. They accused him of being an illegitimate child. They accused him of uh, all sorts of things that were false. 
And uh, so I just figured if I, I, uh, I really feel blessed that I'm being accused of such, just a few of the things that the Lord was accused of. But later on, I saw heaven and hell, and I said, Lord, don't send me to hell. And then he showed me heaven again. I said, let me be there, even if I have to be blind, little, very tiny, and naked. Just let me be there to feel the peace that is there. It's so comforting and so blessed. And then the Lord uh, showed me hell again, and I started screaming. I said, please, God, don't send me there. And uh, the peace came again. And then I said, the devil, the voice of Satan came and said, you feel that you're before the throne of the Lord because I couldn't look up because I knew that I'd see Jesus. says, just, uh, you know, open your eyes and you'll see. When I opened my eyes, I saw I was on a, a carpet that had many different colors in it with swirls and big flowers and things like that, in living colors, colors that shimmered because they're not the same as the colors that we see in this world. And I saw... Uh, I believe to be the sandals of the Lord, and it was like he was on a throne there. And I closed my eyes, and I said, God, I'll never doubt you again. He showed me hell, and I said, please don't send me there. It was like you doubted this. And I said, yes, Lord, but I'll never doubt you again, ever. Just don't send my soul to hell. Then all of a sudden I saw stars break, and after they broke wide... I saw the cross in the dark because the cross is a dark thing and Jesus said that he despised the shame of the cross and it's a gloomy and dark thing but it's something that we have to he says that we have to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him and therefore uh, but I saw that, and then when I saw that spreading like that, I felt the Holy Spirit come right down into my body and touch my heart and wake it up. And I knew I was alive, and I heard angels singing. And then I've had many supernatural experiences after that. Well, I've never asked for this. To me, again, the worst thing that I thought would ever happen to me is that I become like one of those idiots that are begging for uh, money on the streets. And I just thought, oh my God, the thing that I feared most has happened to me. I was so glad because I was so miserable and bitter out in the world, full of bitterness and hatred. And now I felt the love of God and I felt the peace of God. And I felt his uh, forgiveness and and I I knew that I had power in me. And... um, I uh, heard the angels singing and I felt the power of God enter me and open my heart up to receive whatever the Lord wanted me to do. Then I started seeking all the different churches even more and I couldn't figure out what God wanted me to do. And so I started, um, I read all kinds of beginnings of books that God is love and he just wants you to be like the birds and the bees, just have free sex, everything you want. But there was so much fear of the Lord that happened to me when I was in the office that I knew that that was not true. 
because God threatened me and he isn't all uh, love. He's love to those that love him and keep his commandments. And so I just uh, really uh, knew better than that, so I put the book down. Then finally I opened up the Bible and it said, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for that which is right, for righteousness. And uh, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. And I thought, phew, I felt the same spirit coming upon me when I read that in the Bible. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And I figured I couldn't work for such a long time because I was afraid the Lord was going to visit me again like he did in the office. And it was very embarrassing, and I didn't want that to happen to me again. And so I said, well, that's me. I'm meek because I didn't work, and I didn't have much money then. Hardly I was broke. So I says, Lord, you took all that away from me, and I just thank and praise you, Lord. Maybe I'm meek. Maybe I qualify now. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the world, the earth, because the Lord gave the earth to mankind to rule over every animal, every fish, every everything. And Satan came into the garden and tempted Eve, and spewed his venom, venomous words into her, and she believed them. And so therefore the Lord despised her and Adam, and uh, because she evangelized Adam and said it was better if you eat from the tree because your eyes will be opened and you'll know the things that God uh, knows. And so uh, she caused him, she tempted him to uh, eat from the tree and the Lord cursed him as well and so we all have the Adamic curse on our souls therefore we need to repent and ask the Lord to wash those Adamic sins from our soul as well as the sins that we ourselves had committed that were not the same sins as Adam and Eve now uh, then after this uh, the Lord showed me a vision of myself being married to Susie and uh, she was nine years older than me and at the time that he was showing me the vision it was in uh, color it showed her she was my Bible teacher I met her and her daughter told me that she really knows God that uh, there's nobody that knows God better than her and I said well will she teach me the Bible and she said yeah so I went over there at her apartment, and uh, the daughter was there. And I said, look, at this is so beautiful, the things you're teaching me, that can I go down to the boulevard and gather up all the people that I know, and others as well, and bring them over here so that they can hear these wonderful explanations of the Word of God? And she says, sure, go ahead. So I went down the street and gathered up a bunch of souls, brought him into her apartment, and then I would give my testimony of how I got saved, and then uh, she would preach the gospel to him, and they would get saved and praise the Lord, and they, uh, they all wound up sleeping on her floor in there. I had my own little uh, apartment uh, just off Hollywood Boulevard, and I'd come over every day, and... Uh, they were still there, and they they would go out on the boulevard and drag friends of theirs up there, and finally we had a lot of people. Then the Lord showed me this vision. I had a toothache, 
And I was going to, uh, Susie said she knew a dentist and she'd take me over there. And so um, it got so bad one night that I couldn't wait to, uh, to Sue got up so I could go to the apartment. And uh, I was eating these marshmallow cookies, they call them pinwheels. And some of that um, uh, chocolate got into that uh, uh, cavity and it started hurting real bad. And so all night long I was suffering. Then her apartment opened up and the people were in there. And I sat down on the couch and hadn't been to sleep. And so I was so tired that I fell into a deep sleep, very deep. And I just passed out on the couch there. And all of a sudden there, there was the TV screen that came to me in my dreams. And it showed me walking into this room. And Susie was laying on a couch with these velour uh, long pants on and a velour long sleeve shirt. It was uh, fuchsia, red. And uh, I walked right over to her and knelt down by the couch and kissed her. And I said, no, this is my Bible teacher. And I pushed myself up and it's just kept, I kept seeing it with our, my left uh, profile and her right profile, we were kissing. And it looked like an emblem or something. And uh, that we were sealed into eternity with each other. And then it started shimmering and I woke up and I would push myself up. And I said, no, Lord, this can't be because she's smarter than I am. She knows the Bible better than me. And the Lord answered back, that's good for your ego. And that's what one of so many people have today is egos. Somebody can tell them something about the Lord and all of a sudden they're the ones that got it. And they didn't really. They just are liars. And they're puffing themselves up and trying to pull down the church and the pastor. When I've had all these visions, signs and wonders and dreams and uh, every kind of... Uh, uh, confirmation that this is really God, that he's still alive and he's still acting and uh, moving the same way he did in the Old and New Testament. And I just never believed that. And so now I'm believing it more than ever. And so uh, there was like two golden pipes that went into my heart. And one of them, after I said that, then thousands, maybe millions of questions came pouring out of my heart up that golden pipe. And then the answers were pouring back into me so fast, like it started off, that's good for your ego, and then it was like a fire hose of answers coming back into my heart, a fire hose that was going full blast. And these questions were coming out of my heart. I didn't feel qualified to be Susie's husband because she had been in the ministry for 25 years, and I was just newly saved by the supernatural experience that happened in the office and in that apartment of mine. And so, but after this happened, I felt very qualified to be her husband because the Lord gave me all the answers. And people are saying mockingly, uh, he just thinks he has all the answers. No, I don't think that. I know it. Okay? I know it. And if I don't know all the answers pertaining to business or something like that, I know who to contact to get the answer or how to fix something or something like that. But I know the scriptural answers to everything. And uh, that means anything. I mean, the most meaningful things. And we're supposed to talk about salvation. And 
uh, the answers that will build a person's souls, not, uh, you know, uh, Bible trivia or anything like that. That isn't what I'm into. I'm into teaching people the real stuff. So uh, I knew that uh, I fell back down. I says, my God, I wonder if she knows this. And the first of the, and then this um, color uh, of us, the left profile, the right profile in color, turned to white. We were white on black. It was like looking at a negative uh, on a uh, picture that uh, just you're seeing, you're looking through it and you see the white image outlines and the black, uh, the back part, like a negative. And it, it started shimmering. And the Lord reached his hand into me and gave me love for the first time, a real love of a woman. And he says, we're going to be married. But when I first walked into the room to sit down, I could hear Susie. It, was, it sounded like a, a beehive full of bees groaning and calling up to the Lord. Uh, I could hear her, but I couldn't hear what she was saying uh, through the bedroom door. She was in the bedroom, and I was in the living room with the rest of them. So I lay down, and that's when all this dream happened. It showed this black and white image uh, just shimmering down into my soul, and there was a noise like a a phone that you'd leave off the hook, and it was going bing, 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 like that. And it was just like burned into my uh, soul, and then this, um, these puffs of rings of uh, Holy Spirit came down and said, "It's true! It's 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 true! And then it was, and then it ended, and just, and so I laid back down. and I said, "My God, I wonder if she had the same experience." And if I see her, I'll know, because there's no way that anybody could hide that from anybody. And so all, all of a sudden, I felt her presence. She came into the living room, and I just kind of looked up out of the corner of my eye, and I saw that her hands were uh, up near her face, and her, she had this, this astonished look on her face. And later on, she told me that she saw me. I was only about 149, 50 pounds. And she saw me as weighing about 200 to 210. And that I looked in that uh, vision as um, I did then. The Lord showed her me the way she saw me in the vision, the same weight and the same look that I had on me. And so I turned away real fast, and I knew that she knew. So she was taking me on the way to the dentist, and um, the pain went away. And I said, Sue, I had... I couldn't help saying it. It's just it's this strange dream. And she said, what was it? And I says, when she said it that way, I said, I think you know. And she says, yes, but I told the Lord that you have to tell me or I'm not going to believe it's of the Lord. So I said, I just can't because I couldn't still uh, have the near. I was fairly bashful in those days and it was hard for me to get the nerve to say that she was supposed to be married to me a person that really never thought of themselves as being a preacher a teacher evangelist or even being near such a scene as this so finally we uh, the toothache went away we had breakfast and we went over to music city which was on sunset and vine 
was a record store where they had little record booths where you could go in and listen to gospel records of whatever kind you wanted to. And we went in there, and she just kept badgering so much. I says, all right, I'm going to tell you what I saw. It was you and me uh, in Las Vegas and I was uh, to get married. And she, that's right, and she just picked my arm and hooked her arm in mine and marched me out of that uh, booth, and she said, I'm going to sell all the furniture in my apartment, and we're going to Las Vegas to get married. I said, well, why, when the Lord has already married us in that vision? And she said, because we have to keep the law of the land. I said, that isn't law. I said, the law of the land is not really law. It's a bunch of phonies in government. I knew that because they asked me to do the promotion of... uh, the President of the United States, and not only that, the whole Democratic Party. And so I didn't really know anything about politics back then, so I refused. And they actually wanted to kill me because they're hooked up with the Vatican. And I know how dirty they are, and she did too, but uh, nevertheless, we had to go to Vegas, according to her, and get married. So we got married three times there. I told her that a Philadelphia attorney would have to uh, be have to be one of those to be get us unhooked if that ever happened, jokingly. Then after that, uh, that we were married, uh, she told me that I should do the promotion for the singer Rovan Norman Kay, who is the Norman Kay Realty in Las Vegas, brought this singer Rovan to me. His name was Jim Hahn, and we changed his name to Rovan. And he brought him to me, and uh, I didn't want to do the promotion, but Susie said, the Lord wants me to. So I did, and he became the big superstar. He was the headliner at the Dunes Hotel. After I did the promotion to Major Riddle and uh, Lee Fisher of the Dunes. And um, uh, one thing, and he became big. He was on the Jack Benny show, uh, five four or five Jack Benny specials, and then he was on um, at the Coconut Grove at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, the London Palladium, and he became very big. And we, I signed him up with RCA Victor Records, and he's now on RCA. But at any rate, uh, the Lord then uh, told me to get out of that, and he did that through tongues and interpretations over at the 500 room at Angeles Temple. Some people got up and started uh, speaking in tongues, and another one was uh, translating it, and it hit me, and I thought, that's me. Susie looked at me with raised raised eyebrows because I figured I had to go to the opening of Rovan at the Dunes, and the Lord says, no, get back into the ministry now. And then I, I, just, I thought, well, that's to me, maybe. And then the Lord uh, spoke again, and another person stood up in tongues, and an interpreter came back and said, "Doubt not that this is you. Uh, this is that this is me telling you to do that. Listen to your wife. You have to come out of that and back into the ministry." And I knew it was me. And I said, "That's it, sir. We're back." And I didn't even go to the opening of Rovan at the Dunes or any other thing. I just got back into the ministry. And then after a while, uh, I took uh, we. I had taken the money that I made on Rovan and bought a house in the prestigious area of uh, Zuma Beach, up on a, a mountain uh, almost to the top, uh, looking over the ocean. You can see for hundreds of miles out there. And then I was baptized in Zuma Beach by an old-timer in the ministry that Susie knew. 
in, I was baptized in water, and I uh, sought for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I received it because uh, Sue said we have to get out of this house and go down into a a, a, a place that didn't even have a floor on it. It was a, a it was a little hut behind a gas station. It was two stories, and there were cracks in the walls, and the wind would blow in there, and there was no floor. It was a dirt floor, and the hippies had gotten in there, and had drawn snakes and all kinds of serpents on the wall. We had to put a floor in it. I did it myself and Sue did, both of us together. She wallpapered the kitchen and I put the tile on the floor and all the other stuff, put carpet up the steps and still the wind was blowing in there. We caught a very bad cold in there. And uh, then uh, Susie said, it's time for us to leave now. We have to leave this place. So we went over to Sunshine Terrace and that's when the Lord appeared to me right in front of me with my eyes wide open in an oval-shaped mirror. And he was telling me that I have to read the Bible more. He wasn't complimenting me at all. He showed me that he likes me. He really likes me. And I could tell that he really did like me. And that was so important to me to know. And he was warning me, and he was telling me, and he showed me several other visions. And then I had visions from Satan. And, it's, you know, you have to be well-schooled in the, the, the spiritual realm to be able to tell the difference between a vision from Satan and a vision from the Lord. And there's so many different visions that I had. I saw uh, Susie torn to pieces and then brought back together again. Uh, I saw her uh, packing up her stuff, like uh, getting her clothes right and getting everything in order because she knew she was going to die. And uh, then I saw her coming out of uh, her body as a spirit and she swiped her hand at me and I guess it was because I wasn't reading the Bible I wasn't really reproving her or rebuking because the Lord told me to do what she said or to listen to her but I know now that he wanted me to listen to her that she was saying doing things wrong but I did rebuke her on that uh, uh, she didn't want to witness and testify to people anymore because what they would do is come into our church and we'd get them new teeth because their teeth were rotten out because of the drugs they were taking. And uh, we'd get them new clothing and uh, we fed them and got them back to health and all these different things. And then they'd get on a bus and ride off to say, adios, amigos, you know, and wave their hands at us with a smile on their faces. She said, I can't do it anymore, Tony. I mean, these people are taking advantage of us. Now, what difference does it make? Because the Lord just wants us to continue on. Susie, you've got cancer. She contacted cancer. And I told her, if you just have this attitude, you're going to die. And she said, I can't help it, Tony. I said, but what about me? I mean, you're going to leave me here. I, You have 25 more years experience than I do. And I really don't know what to do. I put all the preaching, uh, the burden of preaching and uh, on her. And she wanted me to preach, but I didn't want to because I felt with all her experience that she was better than I was, much better. And um, so she died. And it took 17 years for her to die. And she got so weak that I was doing all the laundry. I was giving her enemas. I was cooking the food. I was feeding her. I was doing everything. I'd strain the food. It would be she'd want soup, but... She, any little speck of anything that got in her throat, she'd choke. And I did that for 17 years. 
And then finally she went on to be with the Lord and all the burden of the church was on me. And so I prayed to the Lord, Lord, give me a gift. Let me uh, write or do something because we're in this little town of Dyer, Arkansas over here. Plus, of course, we had the church in Los Angeles. But I said, let me uh, preach or let me write so I can get the literature throughout the world. And he says, I will. If you put it out, they will not destroy you. But if you don't put it out, they will destroy you. And the reason that the people at Waco never was able to pull out of the propaganda that the news media was saying is because they never got their word out. They never went on radio. They never got their literature out. Uh, they never distributed on the streets. I had armies of people that we had won to the Lord. That had, We had a big orchestra and choir. All those people we won to the Lord. We didn't pay anybody to play in our church. They were all good. And so we we did all that, and uh, and, and so um, here it was uh, that the Lord says, I'll give you this if you'll do it. You'll, you'll not be destroyed, but if you do not do it, you will be utterly destroyed off the map. Those people thought it was better to sell guns than it was to get the word of God out. And consequently, nobody can really tell, except myself, because I ordered some tapes that he had preached, and he was right on with the gospel. And um, so uh, he uh, he got destroyed. And that's what they wanted to do, is they wanted to destroy us as well, the government uh, under the Pope. And so even Clinton, uh, President Clinton said that he took full credit for destroying Waco, and so did his uh, lesbian attorney general say that she took full credit for destroying those people. And Clinton said, yeah, there are other cults too. This teach all you cults not to be Catholic. You must be a Catholic. Well, oh, why was he saying that he was a Baptist for all those years? He wanted to get the Southern vote. That's why, because he's a liar. And he proved to be so. But anyway, we weren't selling guns. We didn't even have guns on our property. And what the Lord told me, they want you to, they want to slaughter all of you and you're all up here on the ridge now, you get out of there and split the church up into several factions because that way they won't uh, kill all of you. And so I listened to him, and not one of us was killed by them. Okay? And so, you know, you people ought to really listen to me because I'm on a much higher level with the Lord than you are. Okay? You're listening to people that went to theological seminaries, which I call, and Susie used to call, theological cemeteries. Oh, they have uh, get people all puffed up in their brains. I don't think I'm anything. I don't know anything other than what the Lord said I am. And then we're going to read a couple of verses here from Amos, the book of Amos, because I wasn't a prophet, and my father wasn't a prophet, and those, therefore I didn't think I was any big deal, and I still don't. Only that I know anything that I know is of the Lord, okay? And it's the, that's what all Amos is saying here. They wanted to run him out. Go ahead, read it. Tell them where it's at. Amos chapter 7, verse 12. And hurry up, because we're short on time. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, go flee thee away into the land of Judah. Okay, in other words, you prophet, get out of here. We're sick and tired of hearing you talk about Jesus this and God this and God that. We don't want you. You're saying that we're going to be destroyed by this outer force. Uh, we don't want you to say that Israel is going to be destroyed. Okay, then what? 
and there eat bread and prophesy there. Go somewhere else and prophesy with your prophecy. And that's what the world is saying to me right now. But I ain't going away, okay, Antichrist devils? I'm right here telling you the way it really is. You better repent or you're going to hell. You'll think that the people of Waco had it easy in comparison to what you've got. Coming. Okay, then what? Verse 13. But prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it is the king's chapel and it is the king's court. Verse 14. In other words, like, you know, this is where the president is. You know, the president, this vile creature, the president that hired people to assassinate me. Mr. Clinton. And John Peeler with the FBI is the one that said it. He said that he was hired by him to do that. Then what else? Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet. I was no prophet. He's just like me. And you may not be a prophet, but if the Lord comes and visits you, he wants you to do something like he did Jeremiah, who was just a kid. And he told Jeremiah, he see, God said this to him, verse 10 of chapter 1. I have this day set thee over the nations. A little kid over the nations? That's right, because if you preach the word of God, it doesn't make any difference how old you are, how young you are, how old you are. And over the kingdoms to root out these dirty, filthy liars and to pull down their doctrines and to destroy their doctrines and to throw them down to the ground and into hell. But to build up my word and to plant my word into people's souls. So, okay, uh, Amos is saying, I wasn't a prophet, and what else? Neither was I a prophet's son, but I was an herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. All I did was I had a herd of cows, or, uh, and uh, I used to pick sycamine trees, uh, fruit. Okay, then what? Verse 15, And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. For okay, so he says, go prophesy to them. So he told me, go tell the people in the world that the uh, Lord Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again. Right now. Or uh, thou shalt surely die. And so that's what I do. That's my job. Okay? It's such a thankless job, but the Lord thanks me, so I don't need any thanks from you. All right? Because to me... People are nothing, but the Lord is something. And the Lord says people are something, and so therefore I go to them as he tells me to in hopes to win your soul to eternity, to eternal life in heaven and not hell. Okay, then what? Verse 16, Now therefore hear thou the word of the Lord. Thus thou sayest, prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Well, he's just doing what the Lord said because God knew that he was going to destroy them, and that he was going to send them into captivity. And so he's just warning them to not go in, to, yeah, that you got to do it or else you're going to die. Okay? So that's what I'm telling you. You're, you're going to do what I tell you or you're going to die. It's the same word from the Lord. Okay? Amen. All right, then what else? Verse 17, Therefore thus saith the Lord, Thy wife shall be in harlot in the city, and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword. Right, because he's going to take the money from you, and your old lady's going to go out there and have to hustle for you as a prostitute. Then what? And thy land shall be divided by line, and thou shalt die in a polluted land. 
and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. Okay, saying surely it will. And surely I'm telling you, this world is going to burn up. It's going to, and you people in this world that don't receive the Lord are going to go right straight into hell and then into the lake of fire where there's weeping and grinding of teeth and gnawing on your tongue for pain. And it's going to never let up. It's going to go on forever and ever and ever. Okay, now go into the other scripture that I showed you. Tell them where that's at. That is in um, Micah chapter 7 verse 6. For the son dishonoreth the father, the daughter riseth up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. Okay, your enemies are the people of your own house. After I got saved, everybody came against me, wanted me to, uh, don't listen to what you, you know, you're hearing voices or something. No, I'm not. Okay, we're all over the world now. We've really grown. Okay, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo, and this is a time that we usually... Uh, we always pray people through. We uh, lead you to the throne of God to uh, get forgiveness and to get the Spirit of the Lord in you. So uh, if you are desirous of having eternal life and not going to hell and the lake of fire, but you're desirous to go to heaven, then say these words to the Lord. Say, My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins, and I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Raise your hands up, praise the Lord, and continue reading the old King James Version of the Bible. And Sharon, tell the, our listeners how they can receive a copy of our program, 585. It's free of charge. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for another enlightening program that will show you how to receive eternal life and retain it. Now, the devil's train. The devil's train is long and black, and it rides on rails of tears. Here's Hank Williams to sing it, The Devil's Train. The devil's train is long and black. It rides on rails of fear. It's heading for destruction now to the drunkenness of Oh, see the greatness of the pride that waits beside the track. Devil's train and never come 
Yeah. 